And welcome back to the Small Market Insecurities Podcast, episode number 56, the Lawrence Taylor episode. People are asking. Once again, it's your boy, Phil Razor, and I'm joined by the co-host of Chaos, Sky Ball. Sky, how are we today? What up, my glib glops? Oh, I haven't heard that one in a while. <laughs> it's been a minute. The glip glops and the flip flops, am I right, boys? Yeah, I'm hanging out here with a cop, and I've got proof this time. Speaking of the cop, once again, also joined by the guy you love to hate, Stack Guy Nate. Nate, how are you doing today? I am not a fucking cop. I, this guy keeps saying that I'm a cop, but I'm not a fucking cop. He's a cop. liar. He's I'm a telling cop. you, I'm not a fucking cop. <clears throat> I saw your badge five minutes ago. I don't have no badge. You guys, you've got a badge. Yeah, yeah, fucking liar. You've you got like, a fucking badge. I've why, seen it. Why would you lie to our listeners? You've got a badge, and everybody knows. <laughs> everybody knows, Ted. Do you have a badge, Nate? I have, I have a sticker of a badge. Collusion. It's a mm. fake badge. Mm. Well, you know. You know what? Evidence was planted on me. Let he, me just say that. He's working for the cops. Evidence was planted upon my body. All right, enough. <laughs> <laughs> you guys you guys are a gong show, and I'm fucking here for it, boys. Always have been and always will be. It's true. That's what we do. Um... You know, guys, I think uh, before we get started, we definitely need to do an on this date, as we always start with. Dang. There's quite a few that I've been looking at. And, you know, there's one that we really haven't done too much of. But I think in the spirit of getting into the World Cup soon, on this date, November 16th, 2003, 16-year-old Lionel Messi makes his official debut for FC Barcelona when he comes on as a substitute in a friendly against FC Porto. The beginning of who I consider the GOAT. And that is definitely a debate that everybody can have. And there are people with differing opinions on that, but it's wild that he debuted in 2003 and he is still going fucking strong. Almost 20 years later. A long time to be as good as he has. Seven Ballon d'Ors, most of anybody all time. Um, guys, we had a wild weekend in the NFL. Surely did. Some crazy games, some upsets. Let's go back to last Thursday night, one that we were all wrong about. <laughs> we said the Panthers would surely lose to the Falcons, and uh, no. They beat them 25-15. Deontay Foreman carried the ball 31 times. The Panthers had over 40 rushing attempts. It was the perfect recipe for a win. The weather was shit in Charlotte that night. And Walker only threw the ball 16 times, 108 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. They beat the Falcons 25-15. Bad weather night, you know, torrential downpour for about half the game, rain the other half. That's about as good of an effort as you can ask for for a team that's still only two games back in the NFC South at 3-7, and seven, right? Absolutely. Like, it I I said I said there's no chance in hell that the Panthers won this game and sure as shit they went out and won this fucking game like I don't understand it I mean it was it really was just the odds were ever in their favor that night I feel like they keep flipping back and forth on if they're gonna tank or not not a good thing to be either yeah they're like do we it's, tank do we not tank uh, we should tank actually no you know what we're not gonna tank. And it's weird, too, for them because, like, the Panthers this weekend, they go to Baltimore, right? And that's a tough ask. And the problem is you can't really tank right now because you're only two games behind the Bucs and nobody looks good in the division at all. No, that division looks like, as our favorite Sky would say, a cripple fight. It, that it is. That division is a pure cripple fight right now because Walker's being tossed across the room. Is there is there a team over five hundred in that division? The Bucks are five hundred exactly. Everybody else is on hey, there. exactly five hundred. Right there. So yeah, yeah. You can't really you can't really be tanked when you when you're only two games out. If you get out of four, I would say if you're three games out with four games left, you still really can't tank because you already have. PJ Walker in, but maybe you play Darnold and Baker and PJ and just let them all display themselves all for the rest of the league. Same lineup. You know, like I, I don't really know what they can do right now other than just hope that maybe they can, you know, get an, I mean, they crushed the Bucks the one time they played them. So 
maybe hope you can get a you know couple wins together and win the division at eight and nine. Maybe yeah. maybe seven and ten. I mean, but, if, okay. Here's my thing: if you're if you're Atlanta, I mean, you're kind of like you've got the pieces that you could be good. Like you've got the defense that you could probably be okay if you've got a decent, you know, quarterback in there. I don't think Marcus Mariota is the is the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know who you're going to go out and get either. I agree. I think at some point, if they fall two to three games back, you got to let Desmond Ritter give it a shot, right? I think so. I think it's, oh, yeah, I forgot they had Desmond Ritter. Yeah, yeah maybe it's time to hand him the keys to the cap. <clears throat> yeah. He might be a better Marcus Mariota. He could be. That's he could be. He's a little smaller, a little shorter, but, you know, yeah. whatever. He's a little younger, too. Yeah. He's got, he's, like, his his ego hasn't been damaged already. Yeah, he's still impure. That's that's a, that's the biggest thing is he, he might still he might still be okay. Who knows? I knew I should have brought a second fucking go. His leadership at Cincinnati is what everybody raved about too. So it'd be interesting to see how he handles an NFL locker room. But yeah, hey, so the pa- hey, Panthers. Hey, hey, by the way, real quick, I'm sitting here losing my fucking shit before this episode started as to why I couldn't find. Why are you still talking like that? Yeah, sorry. I was still losing my. I was sitting there, sitting there before the episode, losing my mind because I couldn't find the Blue Jackets game on Bally Sports. Turns out the game's on fucking ESPN tonight. Yeah, he fucking found it. Well, I'm glad you found it. I also vote to put a next to your shitty Boston accents, boys. Uh, <laughs> I love you both, but <laughs> I will do that to the listeners. I won't. I won't torment them with that. Guys, let's hop over to the next game, shall we? The Seahawks went to Munich to take on the Bucks. Oh, they couldn't they couldn't run the ball worth shit. And surprising. Yeah, it's the Bucks don't have a good rush defense, but maybe it was that rare Munich air. I, I don't know. Gino had four for twenty-two and Kenneth Walker ten for seventeen. They pretty much abandoned the run. And the Bucks ran the shit out of the ball. And you know, I wouldn't I mean the NFC West isn't great right now, so the Seahawks aren't done by any means. But that's a tough one. That that's a Bucks team that you know had been down for a better part of the year. That's a game the Seahawks probably should have won. But when you can't run the ball, it's going to be really tough to get that done. Hey, did you? I don't know. Did you guys see the thing that was going around on the Twitter sphere about the uh, fan over there in Munich that had the Russ Wilson Seattle jersey on, and it had tape over the Wilson name, and it said three first round picks. <laughs> <laughs> pretty fucking good that's phenomenal i saw one dude with a mayfield jersey like last year and he taped over the the field part this is may be next year (laughs) (laughs) i love the i love the the, uh european fans and uh it was nice to get a game over in germany um you know i'm sure i'm sure we could probably see that get added on like you know now they're you know we have one game a year in mexico city one game a year in uh, you know, we're going to have actually a few games a year over in London. And then we had, you know, Berlin or Munich or just, you know, Germany in general onto the, uh, onto the rotation. What about, uh, what about Kiev? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think in the next couple of years, you'll probably see Paris at some point. Although I don't know how much the French like our version of football. They're a little more you know, stuck in their ways on their own. Uh, Italy is certainly possible. Watch a little football. And uh, I definitely think we'll see one another, you know, probably in Madrid as well. Those are all very possible. I can definitely see Spain. Yeah, I think Spain would, you know, and they have, they have stadiums that can hold it too. Now, do you think we could see Italy get on there? I think Italy could get on there. I'm, I don't know how big Juventus Stadium is. I don't know how big Roma's. Stadium is because it have to, it has to be in a top three city in this in, in the country. Yeah, I, you know, like you, I mean, I don't, I just don't know what the biggest stadiums in Syria are. Now, here's another: ha, has the NFL played in Ireland yet? No, yeah. but Dublin's certainly possible too. No, I, I thought I thought they just played a couple no, of years ago. No, uh, college football does. College, or college football, yeah, that was yeah, like Nebraska that, and, and Nebraska Northwestern is the yeah. first game of the year. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think Ireland could get on there. Now, here's a big one. When does the NFL go play a game in China? 
never. The air quality is terrible. And I could certainly see China making it very difficult to do it. I think you're more likely to see or Tokyo, like- Tokyo or Seoul than yeah. you are China. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I should have, I should have probably said like Tokyo or something like that. I, I can see, I can see Tokyo for sure. Or Sydney. What about like Sydney, eh? Yeah. I think Sydney. I think the time difference is really going to get them because um, prime time like then would be still very early for us. Yeah. I mean that, that game would have to start it. That I think that's why they hold it back is they're, Tokyo's 12 hours ahead of Eastern time zone. So that game would have to be at like, you know, 9 a.m. Tokyo time. Yeah. You know, that may, that may be one that's better suited for like the first game of the year kind of deal. But I, I mean, I don't know. That would be really difficult to pull off just because of the time change. Yeah. Either way, let's get back to the, let's get yeah. back. No, no, it's fine. That, that's a good discussion. Cause why not? Um, Absolutely. Let's uh, let's hop down to the next game on the schedule, shall we? And guys, we had a barn burner between the Lions and the Bears. Oh my Ooh. goodness! Holy cow! I like. I'm so shocked. I'm shocked that the Lions are able to pull this out. I mean, hell, let's fucking go, Jamal Williams with that goal line touchdown late. Oh, that was crucial. But also, shout out to the Bears for letting Justin Fields finally cook a little bit. Dude, he's having a tremendous year. He's gonna, he's gonna be an animal. I heard it put out there. Is there a chance that you, maybe one day you see Justin Fields getting a MVP? Oh, I, I bet. And it, and who knows? Maybe it's not in a Chicago uniform. Maybe maybe they. I hope may- he gets traded. I hope he gets traded to a small market team that'll appreciate him and not fucking hamstring him the entire time. Okay, name me right now in the off season if there was one team that could make a trade for. Justin Fields, that not just not realistically, but like if there was a team that you would like to see him go to, that's a small market. The New Orleans Saints. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. The uh, New Orleans Saints. I don't think the Bears will do it. The Bears aren't going to do it, but if I could demand it, I'd like to see him go to the Saints. I think they have a bunch of his buddies there too. I think it'll make it, you know, him and Olave already have a good connection. You know, I, I think he can get in rhythm with, with Mike Thomas. Um, I think Alvin Kamara would really feed off him. I think they'd be able to run some like, read option with Kamara. That would be great. If Mike Thomas could stay healthy for an entire year. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, you know. Now, how about this? How about this? Could I, could I interest you in this? Not never going to happen. The Bears wouldn't, definitely wouldn't do this. Justin Fields up in Detroit. No. Detroit, Detroit's worse than Chicago. It's where you're going to die. Dude, come on. Get, you get Jamison Williams healthy. You get Amonra St. Brown. Get that. Get a get a few more offensive line pieces. You're definitely it's you're definitely off DeAndre Swift by now. What about all right, hear me out. Hypothetically. What about Justin Fields in Washington? That's not no, a small market, so I don't want him. No. 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 You don't consider it well. No, it's not. No. It's Nobody in the NFC East is small market. They're all put on TV way too fucking. That's a plus market. DC. And DC's not small market. No, it's not. It's not. It's absolutely not. It's not massive. What about Indy? They have weapons, and I'd like to watch them with Jonathan Taylor, and they do have a good O line. Yeah. That wouldn't be a that wouldn't be a bad fit. Cleveland. It wouldn't be a, that wouldn't be a bad fit at all. I'd like to see him go down south, though. I think he, I think he'll I think he'll play better in a warmer climate too, because he's I mean he's a he's a southern guy. I, I honestly, dude, I can sit here and say the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers for real. Like I would love to see him go to the Pittsburgh Steelers and fucking have them draft, have them instead of taking uh, you know with their high draft pick, maybe take one um, if he goes out, Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh shit. Well, Marvin Harrison Jr. is not draft eligible yet. Ah, uh, damn. He's got one more year. Shit. Yeah. So, um, back to the Lions real quick. Uh, good win. They're three and six. I think that division's pretty much dead unless the Vikings just fall off a cliff. I mean, they're fucking eight and one. Yeah. So, you know, the Lions right now are just kind of playing for jobs next year, in my opinion. 
Yeah. Unless, unless they can go on like a five or six game winning streak and their schedule is favorable, but they would need to win like five in a row, including this game against the bears to get to seven and six. And then it's like, okay, maybe we can talk, but I don't, I think they're a year away from uh, that, like that step. Yeah. I mean, the problem is they also, they go to the giants this week. If they can beat the New York giants, they have a shot. I, I don't know how favorable it looks for them because they've got they got the Giants and then they've got the and then the Bills come to them. Yeah. And, oh, I'm I'm just throwing it out there that like if they could do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the then they have the Jags coming to town and then they have the Vikings coming to town, and then then they go to the Jets. That's not going to be an easy one. Go to to go to the Panthers. Who they're fifty fifty anymore. Then Bears Packers to finish out. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I didn't realize they had the Bills in there. I must have misread the schedule. But yeah, I mean, if they can pull off a few wins, but I mean, I think the Lions are. I are think dead. they. I think they go zero and two, maybe even zero and three over the next couple. I, yeah, I, I think they could even get got by the Jags. I, yeah, the Jags play everybody relatively tough, so it's true. Um, let's go to a game that is near and dear to our dear friend Sky Ball Sky. You guys got Tuad, the Cleveland Browns. Went, they, <laughs> okay, good. We got two. Once, <laughs> hey, one, once again, the pride of Cleveland takes its talents to South Beach, and uh, South Beach tears that ass up. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, not, that, not. Game, that game was over the minute Nick Chubb fumbled because he never fumbles. 17-7, it was over. Well, yeah, and it's just like the fact that Nick Chubb fumbled, like that never happens. Yeah, I mean, that, that was, was a bad omen. That was a bad omen from the start, man. That was an ominous sight. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, here we go. The Browns are going to brown. The Browns are going to brown. I, it happens. And I, brown. I mean, I mean just, just, just looking at the Browns, too, like Chubb still had a good day despite that. I mean, he still averaged almost six yards of carry. Well, they had, like, um, you know, it looked like somebody had beaten up a quadriplegic. It was just, it was like, stop, stop, he's already dead. Like, Yeah, I mean, they just, they couldn't stop. They couldn't stop the Dolphins to save their lives. We, can, we just can't stop the run. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it was just, it was not a, not a good day to be a Cleveland Browns fan. I've talked about their schedule plenty on here. They go to Buffalo next week. Like, they're fucking three and six. I'm, I'm not loving their prospects to be four and six. Especially after the Bills lost the way they did this week, and we'll get to them. But oh, they're gonna you know. they're gonna they're gonna fucking take them out to midfield and jerk their fucking drawers down. It's gonna be a, they're gonna put on a show, the Skyball special right there. Yeah, it's gonna be like watching porn on NBC. <laughs> oh boy, um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's any too much more to say about the Browns this week, other than yeah, that football team did not show up. Nope. No, they didn't. Let's go on to the next game, shall we? Um, boring game, snooze fest. We made fun of him. Uh, we literally called the last episode Captain Cringe. And Captain Cringe went and lost to the Tennessee Titans. Ryan Tannehill came back, uh, played fine. Eric Henry really wasn't that effective. This game was terrible offensively. Uh, <laughs> Titans beat the Broncos 17-10. to I mean, I think the only real story out of this game, we don't have to spend too much time on this. Uh, Titans are probably winning the AFC South. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I think so. Unless the Jags somehow find some heat or I don't know who else is out there. Actually, I don't know. Unless the Colts can find some heat with Jeff Saturday. Yeah, they got a big one this week. And we'll, we'll go to the, I want to talk about that one a little more in depth too, but we'll get to that one. I'm going in chronological game order. Guys, we got to talk about this one though. Holy shit. Vikings, Bills. Let's start with it. The battle of Jefferson and Diggs was incredible. That Justin Jefferson catch was un-fucking-believable. Unreal. Just took it out of the guy's fucking hand. Like, we, like, honestly, we saw Stephon Diggs catch, and we were all like, holy shit, what a fucking catch. Unreal. Then Justin Jefferson said, wait a second. Hold my beer real quick. <laughs> I got so, Hey, the Oscar's like, Oscar's. Watch this. Watch oh, this. like guy is on fucking real. And like, it doesn't matter. It, it's crazy because you do have a few of those guys in the league where it doesn't matter who you line up across from them. They are going to get theirs. And, oh, yeah. 
And Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson are two of those guys that are probably number one and two on that list. I think they're the two best receivers in the league right now. There are definitely other guys that you can make arguments for. I think a lot of people will make biased arguments for guys on their teams, and that's fine. But if your argument is that a guy on your team is better than – I'm saying right now. Right now. Like, they're both better than Cooper Cup right now. They're both better than Tyreek Hill right now, in my opinion. Like, I think they're the two best receivers in the NFL right now. Boy, and and really, it's tough with the Tyreek Hill. I, like, I was trying to think if, if there's anybody else. Like, Tyreek Hill is doing some fucking insane things right now. And really, like, I, I just don't know. I like it. He's just, he's different. He's different than those other two guys. Because here's the thing. Tyreek's, like, Tyreek, he's just not your jump ball guy. I'm sorry. He's not the no. jump ball guy. Tyreek not- runs perfect routes. Yeah, he runs crisp routes, and he, he'll burn you on the go. So this here's my thing, if I can, real fast. I think I said this last episode. The thing about the thing about fucking the thing about Tyreek is Tua doesn't have the strongest arm in the league, but Tyreek kind of makes up for that because you can hit him on a ten yard post or ten yard out route, and he's he's got the sideline, he's gone. It's a 70, 80 yard touchdown pass on, on paper. Mm-hmm. And so like he kind of makes up for the lack of Tua having a cannon. It's the reverse of what Tyreek would do with Pat Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 100% with you there, Sky. And I just think right now, for my money, if you're like, hey, you get these guys for the rest of the season on your team to make a Super Bowl run, I'm either taking Justin Jefferson or Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Those I, are my two right now. Absolutely. Right now, if you ask me, like if I'm drafting a mm-hmm. team, say, and you give me like a pick of the, pick of the litter, I'm taking one of the two. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is a league chock full of good receivers. Obviously, it's, you know, what the game is now. But no, I think they're the two best. But outside of that talk, the end of this game was a fucking gong show. Dude, Kirk Thuggins is out here. (laughs) Kirk Thuggins is out here fucking killing it right now. Kirk Thuggins. Dude, Josh Allen fumbling into his own end zone for a touchdown and then having, and like, don't get me wrong, that play is is otherworldly bad. But to have the composure to then go down and set your team up for the game winning for the game tying field goal and then yeah. force overtime, yeah. the composure of Josh Allen is incredible. Yeah. Unreal. To be, to be able to turn that around, like from an all time bad play, an all time, I mean, don't get me wrong, getting pinned there is unfortunate when you play out of the shotgun and you go under center to try to sneak it out. Like, yeah, shit can happen. Yeah. You know, but. For the game to end the way it did, and then Josh Allen gets the ball back, the defense, you know, Jefferson gets down to the two-yard line, and the Bills' defense holds and forces a field goal and then gives their offense a chance to go down and win the game. And Josh throws that awful fucking pick to Patrick Peterson. That yeah. pick was egregious. Oh, oh dude. Ugly fucking pick. Mm-hmm. So. I did do too much. Early front runner for game of the year, by the way. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think yeah. I, and I even think I said it uh, last week. Probably as could be a slight Super Bowl preview. It could. I think the NFC is wide open. I think the AFC is becoming wide open. It wasn't wide open three weeks ago. Now it's looking a little more, you know, more like, oh, you never, you know, who knows what's going to happen now, especially in the AFC East. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we're going to. For those that watch Red Zone, it's like a two. It's like a two or three dog race out in the NFC right now with the Vikes, the Eagles, and and Niners. Yeah, I'm putting putting the Buccaneers in there too. I feel like they're getting hot, but either way, either way, way, in that division, you just got to get in, and then Tom Brady has a shot. But either way, I want to talk about the Vikings for a minute, guys. The Minnesota Vikings are eight and one. Is it fair to power rank them as the number one team right now? Mm. I mean, Philly's eight one two. You can't really go direct, like directly off just the record. No, I, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm just. I'm just, I'm just throwing out the fact that it's shocking that the Vikings are eight and one. I guess. Well, I don't know, man. I think I would have to put them at. I think I'd have to put them at number one just because they're coming off a win against who I had as my number one team and. Yep. Philly is coming off a loss to a not good Washington team. 
Yeah. That's, so, that's exactly where my head's at, Nate. Yeah. So I think I got to put, I think I got to put Minnesota as the number one team in the NFL right now. I, yeah, I think you have to. I still think that with a healthy Josh Allen, they win that game. So that, and that, and that's entirely, and that's entirely possible, Sky. I, you know, that's entirely possible. But, but, more, so, but I, more so, it's hearsay. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but to I, me, it's here's a, kind of a hard time like bumping, bumping the Bucks or the uh, the Bills down to two, and for them, there are attorneys all over the place saying objection, hearsay. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you have a healthy Josh Allen, I don't think the Bills lose that game. Yeah, yeah, well, I, that, that's fair. I that's very fair. This Minnesota, this Minnesota offense right now just looks in sync. They really, I mean, both on the ground in the air. Like I say, it's Kirk Thuggins right now, dog. He's out here. He's making his case. And their mm. defense and their defense is doing good work right now. I mean, they forced they forced again, forced, you know, a Buffalo mistake on the goal line. Maybe this is the year that uh Kirk wins the MVP. Boy. Ooh. I mean, but how long have we said like Oh no. Kirk is a long time. He's he's not elite. He's great. I'd say he's good to great, but he's but, not elite. But he's trying to. But he's trying to. He's trying to raise his level. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking this year, like he's kind of shown. All right, because the whole big thing with Kirk was he can't win the big game. Yeah. And yeah. him winning the Bills game on the flip side, of what I was saying earlier, him winning that the game against the Bills, I think that's kind of like his signature win. Like, all right, yeah, like I can win in the clutch. We got to see him in prime time, though. That's the big one. Yeah, we got to well, see him. We got to see him in the in the Sunday or Monday night game. That's when. Yeah. That's usually yeah. when Kirk. That's when Kirk Thuggins becomes the playoff game. You know, him and both like they 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 retract. Yeah, in prime time. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I want to see him in a playoff game too. Um, but yeah, man, if you're a Vikings fan right now, you got to be feeling good. Let's go over to another team that should be feeling good. They're seven and two, and you know. We're not really talking about them as much, but hey, last week, Nate, they were nine and a half point favorites, and I said, man, they're going to win 31-21. Kansas City Chiefs took down the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-17. Feeling pretty strong about my call there, and uh, Pat Mahomes lit the Jags up like a Christmas tree. Four touchdowns, 331 yards. Uh, Trevor Lawrence played a pretty good game, 29-40, 256, and two touchdowns, but the real story of this game is Pat Mahomes is still Pat Mahomes. And the Chiefs are 7-2, and two and they are rolling right now. In yeah. fact, in the AFC West, they have a two-game lead on the uh, L.A. Chargers. So, my question is, are the Chiefs right back in this conversation in the AFC for being able to come out of it and go to the Super Bowl? I mean, they're always – as long as you have Pat Mahomes and especially Travis Kelsey, I think you, you're consistently considered a contender. They'll definitely like. They're definitely gonna make some moves at the deadline. Uh, they already did. The deadline's coming past, buddy. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> they went out and got. They went out and got Kadarius Tony. Yeah, that's right. Uh, sorry, living in the past a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Kadarius Tony ad I think will be nice for them. Um, you know, we'll see what they can do. Defense is okay. Yeah, I'm with you there, and I mean, you know, I. I didn't have high expectations for my beloved Jaguars this weekend, but I thought they gave it. I thought they gave it a good effort. I mean, it, it's tough to stay with that offense when you don't have the weapons they do. And Isaiah Pacheco has been really good. Take it over for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, rookie out of Rutgers, um, has played well. And then you know you get Pat Mahomes a weapon like Kadarius Tony, and the offense looks like it's humming along. So you're the Chiefs seven and two man in charge of the AFC West guys. Let's hop down to a game near and dear to old Nate McBride over there. The Pittsburgh Steelers took down the New Orleans. They were the taints this weekend, twenty to ten. Uh, I mean, are you happy about the win, or do you want them to tank? What? How are you feeling about beating another team that's right around your level right now? Honestly, dude, I don't know because right now there's just a lot of teams. There's a there is a absolute logjam right now in the three win category right now. Like I'm just sitting here and looking at it. So sitting with three wins, you've got the Panthers, you've got the Lions, you've got the Bears, you've got the Jags, you've got the Browns, you've got the Steelers, you've got the Saints, you've got the Broncos. 
Like, there's a log jam of these teams right now. And, and oh, the Rams, again. So, there's a log jam of these teams at three wins. Um, I feel safe right now. I feel like there's still a chance that we could be – I think we're going to be right around, like, pick – like, we're going to be in that five to ten range, I have a feeling. Yeah. That's where that's where we're going to end up being with this pick is in the five to ten range, maybe even, like, 11. What was your uh, favorite part about the game this weekend? I didn't really get a chance to watch much of this one. I was just watching a lot of other higher scoring affairs. I wasn't able to even tune in. Um, I wasn't able to, like when I was had some things going on. Uh, caught some of the highlights of it though. Um, I mean, just team when it came out and performed decently. It was an average game. I, I think it was, it was Pickett out there. I can't remember. Yeah, Kenny went 18 to 30 for a buck 99, and then he had a rushing TD. Uh, when I look at this, when I look at the numbers here for the for the Steelers, the big thing to me is Najee 20 for 99. They they controlled the clock, you know. They kicked a couple field goals, you know, got in the end zone a few times on the ground. Nothing sexy. Andy Dalton was ineffective, but really the Saints couldn't run the ball. Camara was eight for 26. So, this the, you know the Steelers' rush defense was extremely good. And they got off the field more often than not, and they controlled the clock. You know, they had over 30 rushing attempts, almost almost 40 rushing attempts. And it's Andy Dalton against the Steelers. Like, it doesn't matter. He, he, his dick shrivels as soon as he steps foot into Pittsburgh. Just happens. So, um, you know, what we do. Kill Andy Dalton. Yeah, man. No, absolutely. Uh, let's hop over to a game that I really want to talk about. Very contentious this weekend. So the Colts fired Frank Reich, and they went out and brought in former center, Peyton Manning center, leader of the team, Jeff Saturday, uh, who was literally working in the booth last weekend. And my favorite part is on the 30th of October, he tweets, you know, anybody can beat the Raiders. And then he went out as the <laughs> head coach, making his first ever career head coaching appearance and beat the Raiders. One, how bad are the Raiders? But, guys, people were just bashing this hire by the Colts. And he went out there and won the game. They're 4-5-1. and one. He put Matt Ryan back in, you know. I saw that. He was like, yeah, fuck you, Sam. You're going on the bench. It's an obvious decision. I, didn't, I mean, I don't mind giving Sam Ellinger a look when you're struggling. But, like, you're 4-5-1. and one. You're a game and a half, whatever, yeah, game and a half back of Tennessee. And if you, you want to catch Tennessee, Matt Ryan's your guy. Yeah, and you paid this man all his fucking money and tied up all your cap space. Yeah, exactly. I'm just I'm pumped for Jeff Saturday, man. Everybody was talking shit about him, and he goes out there and gets a win and shuts them all up. Yeah, exactly. Well, Bill Cowher was fucking roasting his ass. Yeah, there were a lot of people roasting his ass. Yeah, and he just goes out there and gets the job done. And like that's, I mean, what the NFL is a, a win and loss. There's no style points in the NFL. You just got to win. Yeah, exactly. Nobody cares what the final score is. There's no selection committee nope. basing their decision off of it. No, it's when when you're done. Whether it's six to three or sixty six sixty three, that's all that matters is a win. Yes. Mm-hmm. And is he going to be the head coach next year? Maybe if they go on some crazy run, but more than likely he'd probably get asked to come in and take a coordinator job, and they'll hire someone with experience. But if they go on some crazy big run here and he wins a bunch of games in a row, you're going to have to keep him. You know. Like, I think so. I mean, yeah, as long as he wants it. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's just doing it for the hell of it right now and he wants to do something else. I, we don't know. I'm not Jeff Saturday. He coaches high school football and then he's got a, that ESPN job. Yeah. So this is obvious, you know, wild that he's, you know, coaching high school football like two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm but glad I mean, team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's his kids' team. Gotcha. I mean, it wild nonetheless but like still you know here he is now leading the indianapolis colts one of 32 jobs in the world and they went out there and took it to the god awful raiders guys i i think you got to get rid of josh mcdaniels after the year yeah for sure and then i think Derek carr is going to unalive himself here shortly like he, and then I think pretty close and then i think the uh and then i think the nfl needs to get smart uh, not hiring uh, Bill Belichick descendants because these guys just flop every single time. I mean, yeah. you like McDaniel's last stint with 
the Broncos. Um, you look at, I mean, Brian Brian Flores was probably the closest to being like decent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Brian Flores will never get a chance again now that he sued the NFL, but he was solid for the Matt Dolphins. Patricia, Matt Patricia was booty butt cheeks. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'm looking at Derek Carr's opt-out. So after this season, he's making 17-4. 2023, it's 32-9. 2024, it's 41.9 base. And then 2025, it's 41 point. Two. Um, but after this season, he has a one year 25 million. And if they get rid of him, it's a five and five eighths million dead cap hit. Uh, if you're the Raiders, do you take the cap hit and draft a quarterback? I think you have to. Uh, yeah. I think no. I go back and forth on Derek Carr. I. And my my thing is, I want the Raiders to have the number one pick, and then I want them to take Bryce Young because I don't trust any rookie quarterback in Las Vegas whatsoever. I think if anybody was calm, cool, and collected enough to handle it, it'd be C.J. Stroud. Just I don't think C.J. Stroud would be phased by the Vegas life. He's he's a pretty down-to-earth guy. Yeah. But that I, being said, I don't, I don't want CJ to go there. I don't either. So I think you're looking at, and by the way, Will Levis just lost to Vanderbilt. Like, people want this guy as the number one pick. Holy shit. Yeah, come on. The number one pick doesn't lose to goddamn Vanderbilt. No, sorry. Now watch. He'll turn around and beat Georgia this weekend and go right back up. But I know. But e- either way, it's going to be Bryce or CJ, and I hope it's not Vegas for CJ. But I think it's time for them to look at a quarterback, and I think Derek Carr's had plenty of time, and I think Derek Carr would be a great fit. This is my carousel projection. Aaron Rodgers to Tampa, and then you get Derek Carr in Green Bay. And then he just takes Devontae, like Devontae just begs to go with him. (laughs) Or do they just go, or do they just swap? I don't know. Well, you know, it's a good point. Maybe Aaron, I mean, they could, but like, it just oh, well, and that reunites Aaron Rodgers with Devont. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense too. And it's outside your Nate. Good fucking point. I am wrong. You are right. That makes total sense. Just swap quarterbacks. Yeah, that makes total sense. Do a little, so, do a little. Do a little uh, I don't know. Get a little kinky. You know, a little swap action. Low upside down pineapple action for the boys. Hey yo, a little friend. How about you watch me, I watch you, we do each other. I knew you were a fucking cop. So, let's move on to the next one, shall we? And this is a game that, man, oof. The Rams, Super Bowl hangover. Colt McCoy and the Arizona Cardinals take the Rams down 27-17. to 17. No, I anybody, and I don't no, think anybody saw that one coming. This isn't 2013 either. You heard that right. Colt McCoy. Yeah, that is Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy's not a bad quarterback. I mean, I guess they went up against John Walford for the Rams, so it was the battle of the backups, but still. I mean, oof. This is he's what, 34, 35 now? Yeah, he's getting he's up there. And I'm I'm looking at the receiving numbers too. Nice for him. He had DeAndre ten times and Rondale Moore nine times. Very nice. You know, and then of course your cousin Trey McBride had two catches there, Nate. Yeah, Okazo getting his touches. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a battle of backup quarterbacks, so I'm really not surprised that the more experienced one won, but it's still shocking the Rams would lose at home like that. Is, I mean, is, is it, though? No, yeah. it's L.A. Yeah, they fucking blow, dude. I mean, they are not good. They have no run game right now. That's the thing. They have zero run game, and it's unreal. Like, Cam Akers – might be might be the bust of might be the bust of the last five years. He did tear his Achilles and but then still, came back and played the Super Bowl and had a decent game, but he's been fucking hurt way too much. It's still a bust. It, there's still, see, there's two kinds of busts for me. Injury bust and then couldn't play bust. Jamarcus Russell was a couldn't play bust. 
Cam Akers to me would be more of an injury bust. And that's a what if. But here's the I mean, if you're good, you can come back from an injury, right? Yeah, but if you're injured all the time, but I I get what you're saying. I'm with you there. Then that puts you as then if you're injured all the time, you can't play. So that puts you as a can't play bust. You well, see no, I meant can't. I meant can't play like is healthy and sucks. Like lacks the skill. I, I understand, but now, but it you can lack the skill, or you can have the inability to be on the field. Okay, so I'm going to be the one that throws it back to the Cleveland Browns here. It's going to be me here. Courtney Brown was a can't play bust. Tim Couch was a team was absolutely shit, and then he got hurt up and down the field bust. Yeah. That's, I guess that's what I, that's what I mean, you know, like, I got, I got you. I got no, you. I'm just, I'm with you on this one. Phil. I'm just being, I'm just being a dick. No, devil's advocate. And we, we appreciate that here at small market insecurities. Speaking of small market teams, guys, a throwback, an NFC battle of the Titans this weekend. As the Packers took down the Cowboys 31, 28 in overtime. Did this win? Did this win save the Packers' season? Did it save the Packers' season a little bit? I uh, think it gave him a crutch. Yeah, dude. I don't know if I'd say it saved it. It, it got you. It it got you a pat on the back. Like, yeah, you're to four wins. But I mean, I don't know if this. I don't know if it's enough to get you going. I don't know if it was enough to shake what's been happening to them this season. Yeah. They got they got the Titans on Thursday night this week too. If they could beat the Titans, I'll say at five and six, I'll comfortably comfortably say at that point that maybe they can go on a little bit of a run. Yeah, I I mean then so let's say that okay. Let's say we give them five and six. Then they have then they have the Packers or then they have the Eagles. Sorry, they have the Eagles. Yeah, tough. And they go to the Eagles. Yeah, that's a tough game. And then they go. And then they go to Chicago. I don't know. That's kind of a toss-up right now with, with how that team looks. Chicago. Uh, then, then, yeah. they, then the Rams come to town. I think that's a, that's a winnable game. Um, then they go to the Dolphins. I don't know about that one. And then, then the Packers and then the Vikes come to town. And then the Lions come to town. Yeah. I don't know. I see this team realistically, let's see, give them five, six. I give them seven wins, Phil. I still think Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. He'll find a way to beat them. I hate to say it, but I think he will. Hmm. I own you. So so it's a situation of, uh, you know, until you prove me wrong, I'm going to choose this man. Pretty – I mean – when it comes to Rodgers against the Bears, yes. Until yeah, kind of until yeah, until I, they I'm beat until they beat Daddy. He, he I own you. I own you. He owns them. He does own them. We'll see that Justin Fields been balling. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, hey, it's a that's a big. We will see. That I can't yeah. wait for that game. I, I can't I, wait for that game. I agree a hundred percent, guys. If you are a fan of the Green Bay Packers, we just talked about it. I know we have people that follow us. And make sure that you mention us on Twitter at <laughs> Small Market Insecurities. Or no, at Small Market INS no, no, on Twitter. At Small Market Insecurities on Instagram. At Small MKT Insecurities on TikTok. Way to go, Nate. Woo! Nicely done. Man, my, nice. my internet, my internet nice. couldn't have... My internet couldn't have cut out at a worse time. Way to go, Nate. Way to go, Nate. Oh, I picked that shit up for you guys. Slap hands. Slap hands. Slap hands. Slap hands. Virtual slap hands. I love it. Slap the badge on himself. I slap the badge. I love it. I I really am a fan, guys. I got you. He's got us. Also, guys, if you are into hockey, make sure you check out Nate and I's podcast, Beerly Hockey, at Beerly Hockey on Twitter. Nate, Aaron, Kenny, and I going at it, talking about all of your puck-related needs. Um, one more NFL game to touch on, boys, and it was the Chargers in San Francisco to took an L. 
Justin Herbert played super average. Chase Daniel had to come in. Uh, Austin Eckler was entirely ineffective. I think my two biggest points are, God, they need their receivers back because DeAndre Carter and Josh Palmer are just not it. Yeah. And uh, I had no idea that Sony Michelle and Isaiah Spiller played for the Chargers. So that's what I learned this weekend. Sony Michelle plays for the Chargers? Yes, he does. Yeah, dude. That's- I know. Yeah, because they have really nobody to back up yeah, Austin Eckler. You learn something new every day. They I guess. really, they really have nobody to back up Austin Eckler. And yes, yeah, uh, Kelly's, Kelly's not bad, but when he's there, yeah, the Chargers, the Chargers need like they need some magic water or something to come into their building and help Mike or uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen heal up because, dude, they are dying. It is guys brutal right now. Like they, Jay, like or Herbert has nobody to throw to, nobody. No. Besides, no, Justin, Justin Herbert's getting beat up and bruised. Um, I'm not willing to write them off entirely yet, but if they go on a little three-game skid, they're done. Oh yeah, easily. So. Poor Chargers. Maybe they can bounce back. But, guys, uh, that'll pretty much wrap up the NFL talk. You guys want to do a little college football talk about what's going on? Uh, why not? Let's just uh, get a little touchy-feely with it. Sure. So, right now, let's talk a little playoff scenario, boys. Let's say, theoretically, theoretically, Georgia wins out. They beat LSU in the title game. Georgia goes. That's a given. Yep. The winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game wins out. They win the Big Ten. They are going. That is a given. TCU wins out. They're going. That's a given. And I think TCU right now may damn well go 13-0. and Now, TCU can't afford a loss. If they lose, they're done. Yeah. That, no. is, not a, that is not a college football traditional powerhouse enough for them to go 12-1 and not, I mean, if they're 12 and one and they win the Big 12, maybe they get in. But if they're 12 and one and lose the Big 10 t- or Big 12 title game, they're they're done. They're out. Yeah. No, no, no two loss Big 12 team makes it. A two loss Bama makes it in over a two loss Big 12 team. They won't have to. They're, they're undefeated right now. I, I, I know that's, but I'm saying in that hypothetical situation, if TCU were to take a loss at any point in time and then they and then TCU takes a loss in the Big 12 championship. Oh, God, yeah. No, no, I'm saying they lost once in the regular season and then still won the Big 12 title. If they're 12-1 and one that way. I understand. I understand. What, my say, what I'm saying was if you said you said if TCU loses two, they're out. And I'm saying 100%. Like a two-loss Alabama. Well, Bama's, Bama's not getting in, and this, this is why Bama's not getting in. Because if TCU loses, then we're pretty much guaranteed to have the loser, and I'm not picking a team here. I'm not jinxing anything. The loser of Ohio State, Michigan, as long as it's not a blowout, gets in, and then Tennessee gets in at eleven and one. Yeah, yeah. That's what I. I think we'd have two SEC, two Big Ten. Uh-huh. And yes, and I think that is exactly what would happen if TCU loses. TCU wins. I think what it'll come down to is what is the final score of the Ohio State, Michigan game. If it's a loss by seven or less, I think that team gets in over Tennessee. And I say that because I think Tennessee defensively is that bad. Their, their, their numbers say they're that bad. Yeah. Offensively, Tennessee's fun. But we saw what they looked like against an elite defense in Georgia. And I think that's who would show up. I don't think you would get Tennessee and I think you would get the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, in a tight game over Tennessee. Yeah. So here, here, hypothetically, okay, so say, say, you, get, say you get a – a, a CFP with Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan. Yeah. Say that's say you get that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you think that makes the calls for that expansion to come next year that much louder? I think people in the Big 12 and the Pac 12 will clamor for it. The problem with the Pac 12 is they beat themselves up way too much. And and it, kill, it kills them because there are good teams in the Pac-12. UCLA is good. USC is good. Oregon's good. Utah's good. The problem is they lose stupid games. And 
it kills them. Like Utah beating UCLA for or USC 43-42. That kills USC right there. Yeah. Because USC is talented enough to run the table in that in that conference, but they find a way to blow it. Well, they tripped up and then they're gonna get crucified for it. Exactly. The Big 12, you can lose a game in the Big 12 and make it to the playoff, but you have to lose early. You have to be like Oklahoma State last year, where had they beaten Baylor in the Big 12 title game, they would have gone at 12 and 1, no problem. But they lost. Right. You know, they got stopped on the goal line. If they had won 12 and 1 with an early season loss, you can get in. And yeah. The problem with, with the Big 12 is their best team is either Oklahoma, who runs the table and then gets crushed in the playoff, or they lose in like late November and then everyone goes, ah, never mind. Yeah, like forget about it. They're already done. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting one. Winner of Ohio State, Michigan still wins, still wins the, big, the Big Ten. And then LSU beats Georgia. <laughs> that is the ultimate because I legitimately, LSU beats Georgia with their two losses. I think LSU, I think that it would be LSU, Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan. And Tennessee's sitting there like, fuck you. Dude, what about Oregon? No, they're done. Everybody in the Pac-12, in my mind, is done. Well, I mean, Oregon, yeah, their their Achilles is going to be that uh, that loss to Georgia. That was a bad loss. Yeah, like first, yeah, yeah, they lost by forty-six. That's going to come back to haunt them. Yeah. So I'm looking. What's up? I'm just saying yes. Oh yeah, I'm trying to pull up the conference. Uh, standings right now. It's being very fucky with me. Um, I mean, USC only has one loss so far overall, but they still have to go to UCLA and they have to go to Notre Dame. Are you going to tell me, are they going to win both games? I don't think so. No. They're going to they're gonna lose somewhere. Like, you, like Notre Dame, despite the fact that they only had 12 yards of offense in the second half of a 35-32 win over Navy, which is just abysmal, uh, all that says to me is they're going to fire Tommy Reese after the season. Oh, yeah. Marcus, Marcus Freeman's done a good job of turning that program around. Beating Clemson pretty much made his, made his first year. That balances out the loss to Marshall. Yes. In my opinion. The loss to Marshall is inexcusable. That absolutely needs to be addressed. But beating Clemson the way they did, beating North Carolina, Clemson and North Carolina are the two best teams in the ACC by far. Yeah. And, and yeah. So, you know, it's just kind of like one of those things where I, I think that would, and, and, and if he beats USC, that that's an A season. Don't just don't ever lose to Marshall again. Yeah, absolutely. Don't don't lose those games. They give him yeah. a little slap on the wrist. Tell him don't do it again now. But but yeah, see that's right. the thing. But that's the thing. Notre Dame does sometimes lose those games. Like they they'll sometimes lose a, a Navy game. They'll sometimes lose. A Marshall game. Well, that's like yeah. State sometimes they drop a Michigan State or they'll drop a Penn State kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. but that's like a but that's like a conference game. Like I, I and I know it. I With mean Notre they, Dame, it's a little different. They're they're independent, yeah. right? But like us us losing to like Penn State is uh, is more like Notre Dame losing to losing to like USC. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say this right now. So I think if CJ Stroud has a big game, if CJ Stroud has a big game against Michigan, he wraps up the Heisman pretty much right there. Yeah. And if Blake Corum has a big game against Ohio State and their respective teams win, then Blake Corum probably wins the Heisman right there. You know who nobody talks about on the Heisman that they need to? Drake May at UNC. And I kind of want him to transfer to Ohio State after this year. You think he would? I think he absolutely would. I think him or DJ at Clemson, either one, because I don't. I'm not sold on Kyle McCord at all. I think not, Kyle McCord is good, but I'm not sure he's that dynamic playmaker that Ohio State is used to. And I think DJ has bad coaching at Clemson because Dabo just promotes from within for his defensive and offensive coordinators, and I think that's where their struggles have come in the last two years. And I think Drake May at UNC, his numbers are better than CJ's too. And if they had beaten Notre Dame, that team would be walking into the college football playoff. So 
like assuming they beat Clemson in the title game, because that game's already paired up. It's already guaranteed it's those two. So I, I personally think Drake May needs to be discussed more for the Heisman. I think he should be in New York City. Um, I, you know what, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's abysmal that he's not. And I would love to see him transfer to Ohio State next year and fill in before Dylan Royola gets there. I think he's the best quarterback in the country that will be coming back. Yeah. I, That's I'm my always down. I'm always down with a, with a big playmaker coming to you know the QB to QBU. I mean, you know, QBU. when you have your quarterback coach, yeah, when you have Ryan Day and Corey Dennis, man, like they're they're the quarterback whispers, dude. Absolutely, guys. What do you think's more likely? Just throwing it out here: Kentucky beats Georgia this weekend. I know. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Or the loser of the, or the winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game then loses the Big Ten title game. Because right now, based on schedule, because like everybody, everybody in contention right now is four and three in the Big Ten West. Like they're literally all four and three. It's fucking wild. I think Purdue is the one that gets out of it. And the reason I say that is I believe their schedule to wrap up is yeah, Northwestern and Indiana. That's two wins. That's two. If they lose one of those games, they fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. hundred percent. I I think so. Um, boy, I I think you could see. I I can see Purdue. I don't see Ohio State slipping up to Purdue. I don't see either one of them losing to Purdue. I'm just saying in general, if that happened, do either of them then get in? <laughs> no. I, I agree. Like it, the because I'm, I'm not going to say which team. I don't want to put any bad juju out there. Yeah. The loser of the Ohio State Michigan game has their loss, and then the winner loses to Purdue. I mean, one loss is better than the other one, but one team played for the Big Ten title. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're kind of fucked either way there. I yeah, I agree. So I just wanted to throw some college football shit out there because it's fun and we're down to the, the nitty gritty crunch time, boys. Yes, sir. Down to the we, end of the wire. We'd be we'd be remiss. Guys, before we sign off here and wrap up this wonderful episode of the Small Market Insecurities Podcast, are you guys ready for the World Cup? Are you? Are you? Are you are you? I am. Are you? Do you guys- Asking you, we asked so, now, guys. Little World Cup preview later this week. Oh, I sniff it. Drop it for the listeners. Uh, maybe Friday night. You can smell it. Are we sure that's what it is? I can smell it, guys. I don't know how much research you've done into the World Cup, but I will tease it for a second. There are teams I'm really looking forward to watching, and I think because this World Cup is in the middle of the season at a really weird time, I think we're going to see some weird shit. We're going to see some upsets and some weird shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I think potentially we could see the first ever African team win it in Senegal. I think they – I mean, Mane may not be back until the knockout rounds, but you can get through that group without Sadio Mane, you can win. Like, they're, they're good. I think the Netherlands can win it. I think Denmark can win it. There are some fucking enticing matchups that we that I'm teasing right now for the hard. listeners. It's always hard to bet. It's always hard to bet against the Germans. Yeah, but they have they have flaws. Spain has flaws. England has flaws. Like defensively, England has problems. Spain doesn't have a real target man number nine, and that's the way they play. They need a big guy up top. Germany doesn't have a true striker up there. They're going to play Havertz from Chelsea, and he's eh when it comes to playing up top like that. I think a lot of the big teams have glaring issues. There's no Italy. I think it it may be a South American team. We may see a small European country come out of this winners. And I think, just saying, it's Messi and Ronaldo's last World Cup probably. Assuming it is. The Argentinians or the, or the Portuguese? I could see it. Uh, Luka Modric from Croatia said, they, and they okay. lost the final 
in 2018 to France. He already said this is his last international tournament. Dude, so, the, Croatian team, the Croatian team is so good, too. It's They're so good. I mean, yeah, your, your Spurs, they're represented. Perisic. Yep. Um, you know who else? You know who else is a team that you can't really sleep on either is Denmark. No, Denmark's good. Denmark's They don't really have any superstar individual players. They just play as a great unit. They really do. They have that they have great chemistry. Yeah. And plus it'd be a great story for Christian Eriksen too. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Fucking dies at the Euros, comes back and wins the World Cup. That'd be wild. <laughs> Let's go. But yeah, I mean there's there's just so many fun storylines and the groups are an absolute gong show and it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. So yeah, guys, uh, let's definitely do a World Cup preview later this week. Yeah, definitely. Oh man. Cool. Awesome. Well, that'll just wrap up this episode of the Small Market Insecurities Podcast. For the guy you love to hate, Stack I Nate, and the co-host of Chaos Skyball, your boy Phil Razor saying small market insecurities. There's well with booze. Love you guys. Five-star ratings. Yeah,